have needs and desires and seek to discover our own erotic journey, you've come to the right place. This is Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver, presented by SDC. In the next hour, we're here to answer your burning questions about relationships, sexuality, and health from the leading sex experts and professionals. Now, here is your host, Lexi Silver. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to SDC Presents Seek, Discover, Create. I'm your host, Lexi Silver. And as usual, we have a very lectual show for you today. We are going to be giving you some tips on dating, sex, and relationships. I invited Shamira Howard, a.k.a. sexologist Shamira, who was recently named one of the most influential dating experts of 2019 by Datesy, to give us expert advice on everything from first dates to keeping the sparks flying in long-term relationships. Later on in today's show, I'll also be answering some questions from you, the audience, in a new segment called Letters to Lexi. If you want me to give you some lectual advice with the bonus help of my special guest each week, write in to me at Lexi at SDC.com and connect with me on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Lexi Silver. That's Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y. Now, before we start our chat with Shamira, I want to thank our sponsor, SDC.com, your and my expert source of exclusive information about sex, health, and relationships, where you can also access the world's largest lifestyle dating platform of over 1 million active members. Use my special promo code 7070 to get two months free at SDC.com. That's 7070 to get two months free at SDC. So, get ready to fearlessly embrace your lectuality with Shamara and I. Let me tell you a little bit more about our special guest today. Shamara is a licensed clinical social worker, sexologist, a sex and relationship therapist, and sought-after international speaker. So, think about booking her after this. She's the founder of On the Green Couch, where she specializes in helping people manage sexual issues, create their best relationships, and have amazing sex. She is a social work graduate of Southern University and A&M College and Southern University at New Orleans. She also studied human sexuality at Widener University. Affectionately known as a sexologist, Shamira, and also known for creating the Use Your Mouth cards, which we're going to talk about later, she has also been featured in other media outlets such as Cosmopolitan, The Huffington Post, Kinkley, and more. And coming soon, SDC. Welcome to my show, Shamira. Thank you for joining me today. I love that. You should you should announce me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just walk into the room before you and do that whole thing, and then they'll be like, "Wow." You know, then you could dazzle them from there. That was, that was perfect. Thank you for having me, Lexi. I'm happy we're finally doing this, and I'm happy to let the audience benefit from your expertise because we have a lot of stuff to talk about today. We do. I think they like it. Yeah, I think so. So let's get on with that. I want to talk about dating. Let's start about let's start with dating. Okay. Up to the top. I mean, as we know, dating is not just for single people, especially for folks who are in consensually non-monogamous relationships. Dating is like a usual thing. There's a lot of, dating means a lot of things. And even if you're in a committed monogamous relationship as well, it's important to date your partner. So we're going to talk about dating in general. In this case right now, I'm asking about dating as a single person. Okay. Okay. So what are some of the biggest challenges that people who are in the dating game are facing today? Mm -hmm. So 
what I'm seeing and what because of what I'm being what I'm being told, what I'm hearing from people who are on the dating scene is they're having issues with authenticity for one. They're having issues with finding a dating partner. And what I see is the biggest issue with dating is the power of choice getting in the way. That is really stopping people from getting in the way because now we are so connected. We've got the internet, we've got online dating, and so people are now okay. At one point we were talking about, okay, let's get people okay with dating online. Now we're talking about, okay, <laughs> let's find other ways for people to date because they're having so much fun with online dating that they're not even giving themselves or their dates a chance. And so the power of choice is skewing people's opportunity to find their person. Hmm. Talk about that a little bit more in depth. Those are all some serious challenges that people face. And also, I know folks who are in uh, consensually non-monogamous relationships who are looking for that connection, let's say, with another couple or another individual. Mm-hmm. And it's it's definitely hard. It's, I think it's maybe even gotten harder because yeah. there's less face-to-face meetings. There's it's that whole issue of authenticity is really really hard. And so is I mean meeting someone online and knowing whether or not they're going to be able to connect properly with you. So absolutely, when it comes to getting that real connection finding a real meaningful connection with someone. If that's what you're into, sex is one thing, right? Lots of, there was lots of apps out there for people just looking to get laid, including LADAR from SDC. There's lots of different apps that do that. Um, I love that app, okay? It's really helped me in the past, especially on the fly when I'm traveling, looking for other SDC members, it helps. But it is hard when you don't know what you're looking for um, or, you know, uh, how to find that person who is going to connect with you. So what, what do you suggest? How can you seek out when you're dating online? How can you figure out how to make that kind of a connection with someone who's going to fit the bill? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. And that is one of the most important things to ask yourself when you are on the dating scene, because dating is a mystery. And I like to look at data as data collection. Dating is data collection. So meaning you are seeing what's out there to see if it matches your goal. So first, the first thing to do is have a goal for dating, right? So a lot of people don't because dating means something different to everyone. And I talk about this in an e-guide I have called Dating in 2019. Um, A guide for better uh, dating in 2019 and beyond is number one, have a goal for dating. What does dating mean for you? What are you hoping to gain from this experience? Um, Are you hoping for companionship only? Are you dating more than one person? Are you wanting to date people to meet the love of your life? Um, Are you dating because you're bored, right? Do you just want to hook up? (laughs) Do you just want sex? Know what your goal is. And once you know that, be transparent about that to whomever you're meeting. That will give you a better opportunity of meeting someone that you connect with a little bit better because one, you know your goal, you're going to ask them what their goal for dating. And you're gonna let them know what you're looking for. So there's no, okay, I'm wondering, does this person really like me? Do we want the same things? No, you already know. So transparency is one of the keys in dating, is being upfront about what it is you're looking for. What do you think? 
Oh, yeah, for sure. And I mean, so right about that. You have to be honest with yourself first about what it is that you're looking for. So you can figure out when you do finally meet somebody um, that maybe, you know, might be interesting to you to be able to be, like you said, transparent with them. But that's hard to do, though, right? Because some people aren't honest for whatever reason about what it is they're looking for. So if I just want to hook up and I go out with somebody and they're looking for a long-term relationship, but I want to hook up, it doesn't work. You do kind of need to set the groundwork. You definitely need to set the groundwork. You definitely need to be transparent. Don't fake because there's somebody out there for most of us. Like there are lots of people who are looking for the same things you're looking for. So don't sell yourself short and don't cheat anybody else out of an opportunity by not showing up as your authentic self. And about being your authentic self, mm-hmm. we're always told, um, or sorry, not we're always told, in conventional media where you <laughs> usually see, okay, very some very terrible examples of dating and some very, you know, romances that start from these crazy situations. This is entertainment, right? We get it. In real life, you want to be authentic because there are real implications. You maybe you want to achieve your goal of meeting someone who you connect with and on different levels. If you are not expressing your true self and talking about yourself in a way that is real and you're kind of, I don't know, faking it or embellishing certain parts of your life, then if it does work out with this person, eventually you're going to get called on your bullshit. Absolutely. (laughs) You can only bring your representative for so many times, right? And that's what we're doing. A lot of times in dating, people are bringing their representative because it's not, people aren't comfortable with it. It's like, okay, I need to know if this person really likes me or I'm not comfortable with certain parts of me that I don't want to be revealed. So I'm not only going to show this part to them, right? And I don't mean that you need to tell them like your, your life story as soon as you meet them, or you need to tell them how much money you make or where you live, how many children you have, how many sex partners you've had, but you definitely want to let them know what your goals for dating are. And you want to try and get there, see what their goals for dating are as well. Don't bring a representative because let's say this person begins to like you and you're constantly showing up as a representative. So if you're a person who you know that you only wear makeup for certain events, right? You don't wear makeup every day. You start dating and you're wearing makeup every day. And this person just never sees you without makeup. Let's say three, four months down the line, you're ready to go back to your normal, only wearing makeup uh, for special events thing. And you start doing that. And they're like, hey, can you put your makeup on when we go out? Like it. And you're like, no, I'm good. I don't want to wear the makeup. Like, but <laughs> you've been wearing it for six to seven days straight. And, you know, like, so now you're like, well, you need to accept me for me but you presented something totally different, right? You didn't tell them, hey, I don't like wearing makeup every day. I'm only wearing this because you're a new person and whatever. So you've got to show up comfortable and don't bring your representative because then the person's going to fall in love with your representative and that's not something that you're going to be able to hold up on. That whole idea of makeup, you can totally take that uh, to all different levels, not just physically, but like any kind of airs that you put on that are not necessarily you every day. It's false advertising, quite frankly. Definitely. And so it's not authentic. It's your representative. And then we kind of fall out and we get mad when people are no longer liking us for the person we showed up as and not the person we generally are. 
And then it becomes our fault, but we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> well, some people do, and they come to you to talk about that. They do. Yeah. <laughs> On the green couch. They do. So That's how I know this makeup thing is real. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. <laughs> so how can you make a good impression on a first date while still being your authentic self? Right. So first, don't go out with people if you don't, if you your gut doesn't lie, right? Don't schedule a date with someone if you are not feeling them. And this is what I want people to, to do before, because this is what's happening. People are meeting people today and tomorrow they're going out on a date with them in person. Let's not do that. Let's have phone dates first. Let's do, we got all of this technology. Let's do some video dates first, some video calls. Let's see if we actually, do I even like talking to you first? I don't want to go on a date with you until I know that, okay, we've got some stuff in common. We can talk. We can hold a conversation. You seem like you're okay to be with in person. I've heard, seen you a couple of times and let's do it. So first, before you agree to meet someone in person, have some phone dates or have some talk, talk to them on the phone or see them on video first. And then when you do decide to go out on a date, you know, one of the things I tell people all the time is, you know, make a good impression. First impressions are great. Don't go overboard laying out the red carpet and stuff like that. But you want to make sure that you show up on time for the date. You want to give them attention. So, you know, don't be in your phone on the date. That's <sighs> a horrible first date or any date impression like have a no phone <laughs> rule like don't be on your phone on the date show up be authentic I recommend don't get drunk on the first date either mm -hmm. like you don't want to meet someone you don't want to go on the first date and get drunk and then your date have to carry you out of there like you don't want to <laughs> do that right I want to see you on a social media post flipping down the street or being rolled off somewhere right so don't get drunk on your first date Plan it, be, allow this to be a collaborative effort before you go out, talk to the person that you're going to be dating or who you're going on the date with to find out where you're going to find out who's going to do what. One of the bigger issues that I'm seeing now with people dating is who's going to pay for the date, mm -hmm. right? Talk about that before you go. If they don't share the same values with you as it relates to who's paying for the date, don't go on a date. I always recommend people either choose for the first date, go on a free date or go Dutch or decide up front who's going to pay. Sometimes that's easier said than done, or sometimes that's easier for some people than it is others. But have all of this guesswork out so that you can just enjoy your person, the person you're with. Oh, that's really good advice. And you just be present in the moment. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Right. Absolutely. You can just enjoy your person. So you want dates to be interactive, right? Because the goal of dating is data collection. You want, you don't want to go to a movie on the first date. Don't go anywhere where you can't interact with your partner. Dinner dates are, you know, a huge thing. But in my e-guide, I give dating um, location advice and tips don't go to dinner on a first date. You know, try something different. Do something different. If you want to see something different, you got to try something different. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> you want something you never had, you got to do something you've never done. <laughs> that is very good advice. Yeah. And actually, you're making me think of a couple of date ideas that I should maybe 
start exploring in the future. And my partners, I'm sure, will thank you for that. So let's hold that thought. We're just going to take a really quick break. And I'm going to tell all of you how and where you can find more information about sex, health, and relationships. And that is at sdc.com. We are constantly adding new videos, podcasts, and articles from experts like my guest today and other professionals like Dr. Jess, Sunny Megatron, Dr. Carlin Costa, and a lot of other folks. As a bonus, I'm just going to add my name in there because you can also find lots of lectural resources on SCC that I've contributed to, so you're going to want to check those out. Shamira and I were just talking about dating, being authentic, and those are two really great things, especially when you're talking about dating your partner, okay? So for those folks who are already in a relationship or multiple relationships, which, I mean, dating is even more important if you're in multiple relationships, right? Yes. Thank God for Google Calendar is all I can say. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think it. Yeah. So why is it important for someone to date their partner? Well, here's the thing, right? There's this saying, the way you got me is the way you need to continue to woo me, to keep me, right? And that's important. If you were dating your partner whenever you first started dating them because you were courting them, do people still say courting? Because you were courting them. (laughs) (laughs) They do now. (laughs) Okay, great. Because you were courting them or you were trying to get whatever you were trying to get and then you stopped. That's not okay. So dating is an It's a big part of relationships because it's intimate. It allows you that time and that space to just be with your partner, to learn more about them and to continue to make the relationship interesting. One of the biggest reasons why relationships fall off and why people say, oh, we've grown apart is because couples stop finding ways to be interesting to each other. And dating is a great way to continue to find ways to be interesting to each other. That's very true. And we kind of, I guess, start taking our partners for granted and just, you know, same old, same old, same day to day. You live together. Yeah. Yeah. So finding that, you know, that spark that you kind of had back in the day when you first started (laughs) courting each other, as you say, (laughs) Um, it's harder for folks who are in long-term relationships because that wonderful new relationship energy, that NRE NRE. tends to fade. Um, So, I mean, dating is, is one great way to keep the spark alive. How else can you keep the spark alive? Just finding time for each other. What what I call is our hour, O-U-R-H-O-U-R. Basically is when you, you're in a relationship, couples find time to just spend with each other because, you know, we're adults, we're busy, people have family. Some of us are in consensually non-monogamous relationships or consensual non-monogamous relationships. And so you're trying to split your time and energy and space. And so it's important to be able to say, you know what? Tuesday's your day, Wednesday's my day, Thursday's their day. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, having an hour hour and what our hour is, is basically where you and your partner spend intentional, uninterrupted, electronic free time together. Right. So basically you can use your mouth with the use your mouth cards. You can do any other type of conversation starters. I always say no electronics and no TV. You can work out together. Um, some people say that they try, you know, that's when they may want to 
have sex, but you take a walk together, you talk to each other. This isn't the time to talk about the bills and the kids. This is just the time to just connect. So that's something that you can do. And also double date, like hanging out with friends, whether that's mutual friends or um, your individual friends, which is extremely important when you're in a relationship. When we're talking about connecting, we got to understand that the more time we spend together, that creates intimacy in our relationship. And it also allows us to build passion. A lot of people talk about that burning mm-hmm. desire that we have for our partners when we're constantly seeing our partners in their element and uh, spending more time with them, connecting them and building that attachment. But we also have to know when it's time to detach from our partner because fire, in order for fire to continue to burn, it needs air. If you smother the fire, you're going to put it out. So we have to have a alone time, a part time within reason, of course, so that we can rejuvenate and replenish and allow the fire to keep burning so that we can say, you know what, I'm ready for you. You know, it's, it's been a while. I miss you. You know, a while back, several years ago, like my kids always say, mama, back in your day, <laughs> or back then, several years ago, Couples saw each other maybe in the morning and they didn't see each other or talk to each other until later that evening when they came home from work. There were no cell phones. There were no social, there was no social media. Some people didn't even have home phones. So you didn't know if they were still living or alive, breathing, what they were doing until you saw them again at the end of the day. And so I think that kind of contributed to people being feeling more connected back then as well, because it gave you that time and that sense to miss each other. What do you think? Oh, I like that. We're so bombarded with messages all day long. What we need to realize, though, is that there has to be some type of balance. And sometimes balance isn't linear. So sometimes balance doesn't look like even. So you have to find what your balance looks like in your relationship, right? Of course, you need to continue to date your partner. Once a week might not be reasonable for you. Your date might be twice a month. Right. And it doesn't again, it doesn't always have to be the red carpet laid out. You know, you can what I like to tell couples to do when you're dating and you're busy is to make a dating jar. Right. Where each of you put you can start off with five dating ideas a piece. Write down five dating ideas, put it in a jar, flip a coin to see who goes first and you pull a date out of the jar and that's the date you go on that takes out the guesswork of oh where are we gonna go are we gonna go to dinner and so people are just dinnering each other to death like I'm so over the dinner dates can you tell (laughs) (laughs) yes but that's good because it leaves a lot of room for creativity right yeah and mystery because you don't know what you're gonna pull you don't know if you'll pull one of your dates or your partners which you're not gonna tell your partner which dates you put in there so you just never know Oh, that's nice. That keeps it fun and spontaneous. Spontaneous. Absolutely. Oh, nice. Well, that's a nice way to insert a little bit of spontaneity because so in in our day-to-day life, okay, we are really busy and busy people have a really hard time finding time for each other. And then sometimes at the end of the day, when you do see your partner, if you do live together or if you're just going out on a date or you're just hanging out, you're tired. I mean- It's called adulting and it's tiring. It's very tiring. So how can you make time for each other? How can you make time for sex in your relationship? All right. So I usually get a lot of kickback from this until I explain it a little bit more. But you're right. We're so busy. We're we're busy. And we, you know, 
slowing down would be great if we could just slow down a little bit and just like take things in stride. But if we really want to prioritize our each other in our relationship and prioritize our sexual relationship, we got to schedule sex sometimes, right? And, you know, I'm not talking about, hey, what you got on your calendar next Wednesday at 7.33 p.m.? Can you meet me in the bedroom with your legs open in a doggy style position so we can have sex? That's not what I mean, right? <laughs> but if that works for you, go ahead and be my guest, right? That sounds, that sounds pretty cool, actually. But what I mean is having time that you prioritize. Think about this. When people say scheduling sex is not spontaneous, it's not sexy, Yes, it is. It can be, right? Because sex doesn't, you, we schedule everything. Like everything that's important to us, we schedule. Whenever we need to get our hair cut or our hair done, we schedule that, right? We schedule appointments. We schedule things that are important to us and our partners need to go on that list. So sometimes scheduling sex doesn't look like, hey, seven o'clock tomorrow, but sometimes it does. Sometimes it's, hey, when the kids go to bed, I want some of that. Or it could be, meet me in the shower tonight or the weekends are ours or something like that right or every weekend is this or you know when the kids go to school in the morning or whoever gets home first or whoever wakes up first initiates sex so that's what I mean when I say scheduling sex but however for some people because on a green couch I do see some people whose schedules don't allow them to to schedule sex in that way and they actually put it on the calendar and they put an alarm and they set an alarm to remind them to do it and that works because they recognize this is important. My work is important. Everything that I need to do is in my calendar, is including you. I need to do you, so I'll put you in my calendar too. <laughs> so the, the thought behind that is once you continue to do something and you make it a habit, it becomes a habit. And then you'll see that you don't have to schedule it that much. This doesn't work for every couple. Scheduling sex does not work for every couple who says, we're not having enough sex. Scheduling sex only works for couples who are already connected in other parts of their relationship. So if you aren't happy in your relationship, if there's some type of relationship injury like infidelity or cheating or something else going on, or if you just don't feel connected to your partner, scheduling sex isn't going to work for you. This is only for those couples who sex is the main issue in the relationship. Thank you for distinguishing between those two very different situations. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not feeling desire for your partner because of reasons like infidelity or hurt or anger or any of those things that a lot of couples sometimes don't even talk about because right. it's long years of repressed stuff. Absolutely. I'll just call it stuff, like in general, oh. stuff. And it yes. clogs up, all you know, right. all the sexual desire. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so... I like this idea of scheduling sex and I'm already like, I got to start doing that a little bit more. <laughs> um, but just kind of like you read the way you would schedule a date. You can schedule a little sex session, right? And you're there. Yeah. And it actually works best when you schedule sex, when you are used to scheduling other things, like think of other things you schedule, like dates. So start scheduling other things and scheduling sex will fit right in. And it doesn't have to be boring. Like you said, you know, you can totally build anticipation throughout the day. You know, Absolutely. you can look at it like, oh, I'm really looking forward to this. There's a lot of fun stuff that you can do. Yes. And you want to start this like if you know 
it's your weekend. You want to start as soon as you open your eyes in the morning, right? You want to you want to keep their minds like, okay, this is going to be happening. But you also want to do that every day. Like you don't, you know, you want to have your partner in the mood for you on a daily basis. I'm not saying like every day you need to wake up like, hey, I want to lick you from the bottom to the top. You don't know. No, I mean, like you, <laughs> you definitely want to do things that stimulate your partner throughout the day. Therefore, they're more they're ready and they're more prone to wanting to have sex with you. And that's also like keeping it fun and sexy with the flirting that a lot of Absolutely. people don't really do Absolutely. after a long period of time. Absolutely not. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, we're going to get a little bit more advice from you very shortly because we're going to be answering some letters to Lexi coming up very soon. And first, I just want to invite all of you sexy globetrotters to fulfill your wanderlust with SDC Travel, where you can enjoy an adventure with other like-minded couples to destinations like Crete, Croatia, which we're doing next year is a cruise in 2020, Super's experience in Cancun, and SDC's takeover of Cap Dagged in the south of France, which you probably heard me mention a couple of times um, for my very lectural experiences there. So check out the travel section on sdc.com for a list of all the sexy places you know you are dying to visit and experience some erotic fun of your own because you deserve it. Yeah, that sounds good. So before we get to our letter selexi, I just have a few more questions for Shamira. I want to talk about this using your mouth because I maybe have an oral fixation. I'm like, oh, that sounds so good. But I know that you're not necessarily saying it the same way I'm thinking it. So listen, my, uh, my <laughs> husband, whenever I uh, got the cards, uh, it was his first time seeing the cards and he pulled the use your mouth card. So one of the cards just says use your mouth. And so he pulled the card and he looks at me and he says, what do I have to do with my mouth? And I was like, dude, you didn't even read the, the direction card on it, right? <laughs> and so it's like all, like most of the male people who have seen the cards, who saw the use your mouth one first, they said the same thing. Okay, what are we doing? What are we doing with our mouth? And I'm like, it's going to be your favorite thing. And you're like, really? I'm like, yes, talking. <laughs> <laughs> So basically the use your mouth cards are sex and relationship conversation starter cards. And so what they do is they actually allow you to get a little bit more intimate with your partner in and out of the bedroom. Because let me tell you something, if you want to have great sex, you got to make sure that you're having great connection outside the bedroom. Because what happens outside the bedroom is a prerequisite for what happens in the bedroom. And these cards are especially for that. So it's, it's a game style card and they have great reviews on Instagram um, about the cards. We've sold hundreds and hundreds of the cards. And so basically there are some questions that couples, especially couples in long-term relationships, generally don't ask each other. So, um, for example, I had someone tell me that they had been married for over 30 years and they got the cards and they started the cards with a new partner because they were widowed. And they say, you know, I was list, I was reading these cards. And I was thinking there are some of these, most of these questions are stuff that I don't know about my ex-husband and he wouldn't have known about me. So these huh. cards really get you to know your partner and to allow you to be intimate. What is your fantasy? That's one of the cards. And also, what do you like to be touched? Um, when's the last time you cried? Stuff like that. And one of, uh, there's one that says, tell me about your, what do you want to achieve within the next six months and stuff like that. So mm. it's a mixture of sex and just general relationship and life questions. 
one of my favorites was what's the best thing about this relationship and what's the worst thing about being in this relationship so you know you want to make sure that you're using your mouth at a time when you are probably having an hour hour right where you and your partner have time and you dedicate this space and it's a safe space and you feel like you can ask each other these questions because it allows you to learn more about each other those sound like a great way to get to know your partner on a deeper level. Like you were saying, you know, a lot of people who are even in long-term relationships, these are not usual questions, but they're also really good date questions. I, I added some bonus ones. I have a dating guide on my website too. So there's a dating e-guide and I have some questions, conversation starters. They're called Use Your Mouth for Dates. And there are conversation starter cards for uh, people who are dating. But these are actually great cards for people in relationship, people who are dating, and also people who are not even in a relationship. So the reason why these are good for you if you're single or not in a relationship, because you can ask yourself these questions. And it allows you to be able to be a little bit more self-aware and introspective. And I like it because you get to learn more about you. And once you know who you are, you know what you want to experience. So it helps you to, whenever you do get ready to date and you do get ready to be in a relationship. I think I need to get some of these cards for myself. <laughs> yeah, we ship it. They ship uh, here in Canada, the United States and Canada right awesome. now. Awesome. Well, I am your newest client then. <laughs> <laughs> So tell me a little bit about the using your mouth concept in terms of communicating with your partner. What are some first steps to practicing healthy communication? Before we get into intimacy and building that and that takes time and everything like that, there's still some very basic communication skills that everybody should have and especially when you're in a relationship Absolutely. so can you give us some Absolutely. first steps yeah, yeah sure. that's like the number one thing couples go to therapy for especially on the green couch they'll say yeah we need to come in because we're having communication issues we all can communicate better and I like you know I think my communication is improved but I think Everyone, we can all improve in our communication, but especially in relationships. And I see like the areas for improvement. I see what's going on and what's happening in lots of relationships. And basically we, we're not hearing each other. We're not listening to each other. So one of the biggest and main things when it comes to communication is to listen. And I don't mean just listen and watch your partner's mouth while they're talking. And, <laughs> I mean, don't listen to respond because a lot of people are like, oh yeah, oh, they said that, that's wrong. I'm gonna hurry up and respond to that. Hey, I know, look, you said this, but this is not what that. No, 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 no. Don't listen to respond. Listen to understand, right? And when you respond, respond with an emotional response. Listen for the emotion that your partner is trying to relate to you. Be safe because intimacy, as I always say, is being seen, being heard, and being understood and valued. Mm -hmm. So if you are listening with the intent to understand, that relates to your partner that you want to you, you value what they have to say. You want to understand them. And if you respond with an emotional response, that creates connection and lets your partner know that okay, they really do care about me. So if you talking, if your partner's complaining, right, when you say that they're complaining, a complaint represents an unmet need somewhere. So listen to what they're saying. Like, what is it that they're trying to say? And guess what? If you, if you can't get it, you can always ask them, help me understand how I can help you. What can I do? Mm -hmm. Not, oh, law, here we go again. <laughs> okay, so what can I do to help? So one, listen to understand. Two, whenever you do respond, respond to the 
feeling or the emotion. Don't respond to prove them right or wrong. Don't listen to agree. Listen to understand. We don't need to agree. We're different. We're not going to agree on everything. We each have our own unique perspective. That's, and it, we don't need to agree with each other, but we do need to understand each other. So listen to understand. When you're communicating with your partner, don't use phrases like you always, you never, because that's going to cause your partner to shut you out because now you're criticizing me. That's bringing up some contempt. You know, you want to start with feelings. The last thing is to convey the feeling, speak to the feeling. You know, whenever I go into the bathroom and I see the clothes on the floor, I feel really overwhelmed because to me that feels like clutter. What I need is to feel safe and, you know, I feel closer to you and I feel safer in the clear and decluttered space. Can you please pick your clothes up? I left a basket in there for you. And instead of responding with, there you go, complaining again, recognize that your partner just told you what their feeling was, they described their needs, and they made a request. So that's what you want to do. You want to discuss a feeling, describe what you need, what your desires are, and make a request. So the best response to that would be, I'm not trying to overwhelm you. Thank you for putting a basket in there. I'll definitely make sure, or I'll try better to remember to put my clothes in there. That's it. It's so easy, but it's so hard to do because communication takes practice. Effective communication takes practice. And we've got to recognize that when we're communicating with each other, we're on the same team. And if you're on the same team, you've got the same goal. And so when we're on the same team, we got to have the same game plan. It's true. You're, you're together. You're on the same team. You want to make sure that everything that you're doing is aligned with the goal of Keeping it together and being, exactly, being together. It sounds so simple, but. <laughs> it's not, it sounds simple. And, and actually, I have a free guide on my website called Simple Steps to Communication or something like that. It sounds simple. It's simple in theory, but yes. because we, we don't communicate like that regularly, it does seem like a work, but it is work. And if your partner's worth it, you won't mind doing the work. You go to work every day and you do work. So do the work. Yes. Yes, that's true. And people who say that relationships are not work or a relationship shouldn't feel like work. No, it shouldn't feel like work in a negative way. But you should know that, you know, every relationship over a period of time, you change your partner changes, things change, you need to, if you want to stay together, you need to adapt with each other together. Yes, we have to change our relationship as we change. Everyone changes. So if your relationship doesn't change and you are still changing, there's something, there's a disconnect that's happening there. Absolutely. Because if nothing changes, nothing changes. So, and if you're not changing, you know, change is evolutionary. So if you're not changing, you're not growing. The goal of any relationship, it doesn't matter what type of relationship you're in. The goal of any relationship is growth. And if you're not growing, then you're probably dying. So that is very true. So let's take the communication to a different level because I am going to answer some questions along with Shamira from our audience. I love this part. So I have been, uh, I've been doing this over the last couple of episodes. Um, I really love hearing what everyone has to say. I get, I've been getting tons of messages through Instagram, Facebook, email, it's just bombarded and I love it. There's a lot of very common themes that I'm seeing. So I'm trying to choose some of the best letters for today for our conversation. And I think you can help. So I'm going to give you, the audience, the shameless, no bullshit answer that your friends might not have, the iron ovaries or balls of steel to tell you. 
ask me anything. No questions ever too taboo or weird. And don't be shy. Alexi at sdc.com and connect with me on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Lexi Silver. Again, that's Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y. Let's get started with these letters. So the first one, this one is from Denise in Virginia. Hi, Lexi. I'm recently single after a long-term relationship. We broke up a few months ago, but I'm getting ready to date again, and I don't know where to start. I've been out of the dating game for a long time, and I don't even think I remember how to flirt. Can you give me any tips on getting out there? So, firstly, if it's been a while, have you taken the time to reconnect with yourself first, like yourself without a partner? Because if you've been in a long-term relationship, a lot of your identity is used with that old image of you with your partner. So you had been for a long time thinking about your life, your goals and everything vis-a-vis your partner. Now you are alone. That's mm-hmm. great. So that's an opportunity to get to know yourself again. Who are you now versus who you were when you first met your partner? And how have you changed over time? Because we are just talking about evolution. So before you get ready to date again, have you dated yourself again and asked yourself some of those? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Asking some of those questions to really get to know who you are. So before you start with the actual dating, which I'll let Shamira talk about, think about you first. So there's nothing else to follow up with. So that was going to be my response, right? So basically, I think everyone should date themselves. Um, We hear a lot of times people saying they don't know how to get back out there. They don't want to be alone. If you don't like being by yourself, how do you expect someone else to want to be alone with you as well? And I'm not saying that this is this person's issue, but I do think it's beneficial to go on some dates by yourself. What's it like to be with you just in solitude? Who are you like on a date? What's your dating style? What's your dating preference? Where do you like to go on dates to? And also, this is good because you once you get you're able to take yourself places, you won't feel a lot of people when they're just getting back into the dating world, they kind of feel like, oh my God, I can't ask this person to take me to this place. Yes, you can. If you can take yourself there, then you can ask somebody else to take you there. You won't feel bad for asking them because you can afford it and you can do it yourself. So Lexi, that was great advice. Take yourself, go date yourself, find out who you are today, know what your purpose is for dating, get out there and date. If there are friends or family members first who have like maybe some eligible people for you to date, try that first. Try getting hooked up on a date first and then maybe go move into the dating apps or meeting people um, in person. So that's my recommendation. I like that. And by eligible people that your friends and family might know, the only criteria be of, is that uh, that they are single is not enough. They have to be single and something else. They can't just be single. Oh, I know someone who's single. They're perfect Absolutely. for you. Absolutely. No, no. Not everyone is a matchmaker. It does not work that way in real life. <laughs> That's why it's important to know like what you have a general idea to know what you're looking for because dating will help you find what you're not looking for, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my God, so true. Our next letter is from Jessica in Texas. 
Hi, Lexi. I've been married to my husband for over 15 years, and we have two kids together who are now 10 and 12 years old and old enough so I don't have to take care of them all the time. Lately, I've been in a rut and wanting to feel sexy again. It's been years since I felt a sexy spark between my husband and I, even though we still have sex a few times a month. I feel like I want to explore and do something different or do someone different. I don't know if that means I'm a swinger or open or just horny or what, and I don't know how I would even start to explain how I feel to my husband, who seems to be satisfied with the same old, same old. How can I approach this delicate territory? So I think first, like, as I think is the common theme of this entire podcast is you need to get to know yourself first and like figure out what you want before you try to communicate that to your partner. Because honestly, if you don't have it set in your head about where, you know, what your desires are, what you're really thinking about, what you really want to explore, you won't be able to properly communicate that to anybody. And that's going to go all wrong. Like first figure out your shit. Like you need to figure out you first, nothing wrong with feeling sexy. And there's so many things that you could do even within your relationship to feel sexy, to get, to get that spark back. Um, You know, we were talking about dating, we, you know, like dating your partner, finding creative new ways to connect, Uh, buy yourself some sexy lingerie not for your partner for you only for you just go out there get yourself something like that just makes you feel like a like a goddess and just go and and wear that your partner doesn't have to be around just admire yourself in the mirror or wear it under your work clothes whatever makes you feel hot there are lots of ways that you can feel like a like sexy again Mm -hmm. um if that's something that you want without having to do anything else on that but first figure out your stuff first feel sexy in your own skin first you give great advice. Like, oh, <laughs> these letters are going to be great because you give great advice. So that's Thank actually you. amazing advice. Um, yeah. Figure out what is what does it mean for you to be sexy? When you say, I feel like I want to be sexy. What does that mean? For some people, that's a look for other people. That's a change of their hair. That's a change of wardrobe. What does that mean for you? Like that might be changing some furniture in the house. But I also hear you saying that like it sounds like you might want some sexual novelty there as well, right? So what is it? Like what I always recommend couples to start exploring with their partners first. Yes. Peek out the door a little bit before you jump off the porch. Like what is it that you and your partner can start doing? The use your mouth cards would be great for you because there are some cards in there where you can kind of uh, if you're ta- if you want to open this conversation up and this isn't something that you're used to doing or this isn't a regular occurrence, then have these types of conversations with your partner via these cards and that'll be your way to kind of like catapult <laughs> this topic <laughs> or these topics into him to see what it is you want to explore. Have an idea of what you want to explore and also think about what if your partner doesn't want to do that? Then how, what will come up for you? What happens if your partner doesn't want to do that? Because that's okay. But also, as Lexi said, I recommend people looking at themselves in the mirror naked and only admiring the things that you like. Because when we usually, when we look in the mirror, we, you know, we're like, oh my God, my navel's crooked. Like, I don't like this thing. Oh my goodness. Look at these nipples. You know, they're so (laughs) huge or whatever. Look at something that you like. Oh, my God, my collarbone is so apparent today. It's great. So pay attention to some of the things you like. That'll help you to start feeling more sexy. But also, if you want to know what your partner might like, ask your partner, what can I do to be more interesting around here for you? And see what they say. And then also tell them something that you'd like them to do. 
That's very good advice. And um, like you were saying as well, you got to figure it out with your partner before you add anything or anyone else to your relationship. Because one of the biggest issues when it comes to moving from monogamy to not consensual non-monogamy is <laughs> you have to be connected and fully on the same page as your partner. So there definitely has to be that, um, you know, togetherness, that team feeling before Absolutely. you can add anything or anyone else into the mix. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. great. And so speaking of going from monogamy to non-monogamy, this last question, I think we have time. Yeah. This one is from Avery in Toronto. Dear Lexi, I love your show and your approach to shameless sex. Yes. I have always felt ashamed about my sexual desires and I don't feel like I can talk to my husband about them. I feel like he won't look at me the same way if he knows about some of the kinks I have. We've been together for over 10 years, but I've always been scared to show him that side of me. I don't know if I should tell him or what to do if he reacts badly. What should I do? So I I know that there's so much stigma when it comes to almost everything related to sexuality. And there's so much shame that's brought on by everything from your upbringing to society to the, you know, mainstream media. It is hard being a sexual person and even a non-sexual person. And sexual shame is something that is not very easy to reverse. Okay. Right, right, right. Right. But let's just talk about your relationship and feelings of what it sounds like here is you're afraid of being judged. And that... The first thing I want to explore here is you being on the same page as your partner and making sure that you can feel like you won't be judged. You're in a safe space where you can tell them whatever that is on your mind, being authentic and honest with your partner. If you can't feel like you are, that you can be authentic and honest with your partner and making sure that they will accept you for who you are, no matter what, even if they're not into the kinks that you're into, that reassuring you that it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling. There's no wrong case, but you shouldn't feel scared to reveal that. Otherwise, what, you're just going to live in a bubble where you have these desires and then they're completely unmet and you build resentment over time because of things that your husband doesn't know about because you never spoke to him about? Sounds like a recipe for disaster. So there is definitely some initial communication that should happen. You have to go right into, hey, I have this kink, but maybe like some warming up questions (laughs) would be good (laughs) and get back on the same page together before you go and move into new things. How happy are you with the way things are right now, the status quo? What is going on in your current relationship? I'll, I'll leave the rest to you, Shamara. Where, where are you at with this? Close curtains. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just answering my own letters to Lexi today. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's why they write to you. Oh. <laughs> so I agree. I totally, I absolutely agree with that. Also, again, it does sound like there is some shame around some of the kinks and some uh, maybe embarrassment and judgment. Sounds like this person, is this, is this person a uh, female identifying person? Uh. That is a very good question. I am not sure. So I won't put any gender to to this, but um, it does sound like there's some judgment there that you're worried about. Listen, we grow, you know, just because we don't grow, we don't experience identical growth, but we do grow. We evolve. And guess what? Our sexuality grows too. Just think about it. From infancy to death, your sexuality grows with you, right? So you change. There are things that you learn that you might be interested in. There are things that you probably did 10 years ago that you might not like. You probably used to like sucking toes then, and now you're like, I'm good on the toes, you know? So (laughs) 
you have to account for the growth that you experience. And I get it. Like sometimes it's almost like, well, what are they going to think? Are they going to think I found out about this from somewhere else? But that's why it's important for us to, to discuss and adjust. Right. I call it discuss and adjust. We don't experience identical growth, but it's important to discuss and adjust. If this isn't a conversation that, and this is one of the main reasons, these last couple of questions, these are the main reasons why I made the use your mouth cards because people in relationships are not talking about sex in their relationship. They have sex sometimes with the covers over their face, with their <laughs> eyes closed, but they're not talking about sex, right? And it's because it's just taboo sometimes. It's yeah. people, a lot of people aren't as open as many of us when it comes to talking about sex because we come from different types of sexual backgrounds. So I say go slow, as Lexi mentioned. Also start incorporating more conversations about sex into the relationship. Finding out your partner might have some, you know, sometimes we're thinking like, I want to do this thing. But sometimes your partner's thinking, oh, I want to do this thing too. Yeah. So you never know what they might think. And they might be okay with it because they don't want to shake things up. But sometimes it's good to shake things up. So start having some different conversations. Go slow. Use your mouth. Go slow. And if you do find that these are bothering you and you still don't find like you have the courage to bring these questions questions up in the relationship, I always recommend a sex therapist to come in and you might want to start off as in with an individual therapy and then bring your partner in so that you mm-hmm. can kind of start incorporating some of this into your relationship. Oh, that's very good advice. Definitely with the start first on your own and then yeah. before bringing in your partner. I think that's very good advice. That wraps up our Letters to Lexi segment. I want to thank you all for your great questions. And uh, don't forget to keep sending those in. Lexi at SDC.com. And find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Lexi Silver. Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y. And listen to see if I answer your question in my next episode. So, Shamira, you rock. This was awesome. And I want to know oh more. Great team. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We should take this on the road. Yes, we should. (laughs) So tell me a little bit and tell us a little bit about how we can get those use your mouth cards and all the other great things that you have to offer, like the free resources that you have on your site, too. Yeah. So um, all of that is available on thegreencouch.com. That's the website. So you can get the use your mouth cards. And if you want to get free shipping on the use your mouth cards, I'll create a code Lexi. You know, if you use code Lexi, you get free shipping L-E-X-I. That's Lexi with an I. (laughs) Thank you. Just for, you know, for the listeners, there's a free shipping code uh, Lexi. Um, Also, the dating guide is called dating in 2019. You can get that there. As well, there's a free resource. If you go to the homepage and you click give me my free guide, you'll get your free guide for simple communication there. You can reach me on Instagram at Sexologist Shamira. I'm also on Facebook at Sexologist Shamira as well. Awesome. Well, I'm already stalking you on all the places, so everybody should follow suit. (laughs) Would you say we stalk each other? Okay, so I don't feel. I love your stuff. I love it. Oh, thank you. Well, this was awesome. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate you being here today and helping me answer those questions. Of course. Thank you. And, you know, listeners look for more sexologist Shamara content on how to create more intimacy in your relationships on SDC coming soon. I cannot wait. I'm very excited. Yes, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. (laughs) Oh, it's a love fest over here. I love it. (laughs) Right? (laughs) 
And I love you to the audience. Don't get too jealous. Okay. I love you too. Join in. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this week's episode, Lectural Folks. Thank you so much for joining me today. Don't forget you can learn more about sex, health, and relationships as you seek yourself, discover together, and create moments at sdc.com. Use my promo code 7070 to get two months free at SDC and try it out for yourself. And tune in on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America's Variety Channel for my next show. And you can always get my podcast episodes on demand whenever you want them on iTunes, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play Music. And thank you so much for joining me, Lexi Silver, on Seek, Discover, Create. Until next time, stay lectual, people. Bye. Bye. We appreciate you joining us on Seek, Discover, Create, presented by SDC.com. Please join your host, Lexi Silver, on another erotic journey next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, may you enjoy exploring your sexuality. 